As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Thank you for joining us on Unapologetic. I'm Ruth Jackson. And before we hear from today's guest, just a quick reminder to visit premierunbelievable.com for more shows, articles, and resources. And you can also register there for the chance to win a free book. And if you enjoy listening to Unapologetic, then please do consider rating and reviewing it on your podcast platform. But now for today's show. I am joined by Peter Byram, a drama graduate who got into analytic philosophy and Christian apologetics, ironically through the new atheist movement. He tells his fascinating story in a new book called Coming to Faith Through Dawkins. Why did Dawkins' arguments, and I suppose at the same time, some of the other arguments of the new atheists, begin to lose their appeal, in your opinion, the more you looked into them? Well, I think things were shifting because, again, I'd taken Dawkins' principle and run with it about look for the evidence. Um, But then there was this shift happening where it just, these Christian apologists just seemed to be meeting that criteria better they seem to be giving um that reason and that evidence and i think the thing that really i mean this is what really kicked off the dramatic aspect of it i noticed that um dawkins a number of organizations had actually invited dawkins to debate with william lane craig to actually engage with him um and this doesn't strictly have to be in you know debating one-on-one in a public forum this could be you know a written exchange or something more relaxed like that but but they were um it, Dawkins just wasn't engaging with William Lane Craig at all um and even though William Lane Craig was essentially regarded as the world's leading Christian uh, philosopher and, and and apologist at the time really and I think he's arguably he still is um but so Dawkins had been invited on several occasions sort of throughout 2007 and 2008, and I think even into 2009 by a number of organizations inviting him to debate William Lane Craig because the God delusion had come out. It was making these big ripples. It was selling, you know, I think eventually it sold 2 million copies. And so they were inviting him to debate with William Lane Craig. Well, you want to explore the, you know, the evidence. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at these arguments. Let's see how, what happened, you know, what would happen if they interacted. And Dawkins was just refusing continually in a way that actually seemed rather disappointingly shallow and dismissive. Um, The first um, uh, refusals that Dawkins sent back to the people trying to arrange a debate with him and William Lane Craig were basically saying, well, I don't know who William Lane Craig is. Um, You know, I, I, you know, maybe 
you should get me to debate a bishop or a cardinal. And he basically said that might look good on Craig's CV, but it wouldn't look good on mine. Just being really dismissive. And I just thought that doesn't make sense. That doesn't measure up. This doesn't connect. I would have thought Dawkins would jump at the the chance to have a really interesting discussion. You then actually challenged Dawkins yourself at an event. Um, I think we've got a clip of it oh, yeah. where you're literally in a Q&A scenario. You directly asked him this question, didn't you? We just just say a little yeah. bit about why you asked that question. Because at this point, you're not a Christian. You mm. went to this event to listen to Richard Dawkins because you were still a big fan of him at the point. But obviously, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, why is he not engaging with William Lane Craig? That's right. I mean, you see, at the time, this is too, late 2009, and I probably would have called myself an agnostic at that point. Um, just sort of while I was trying to shift these different these different arguments and these different worldviews and try and figure them out. Um, but I was, I really was growing dissatisfied with why Dawkins was refusing to engage William Lane Craig. Um, and so at this event, the microphone was coming around for the Q&A, and a part of me was wondering... This could be a chance to actually ask him directly. Um, and I held back a bit from doing that because I thought, well, maybe that would be a bit of a red herring. It, you know, I, I hate it when people ask questions that are off topic. I don't want to do that. But there was a moment actually where um, Lord Richard Harries, um, who was on the panel in that debate, the debate was about whether atheism has become a new fundamentalism. Is new atheism a new fundamentalism, which is interesting enough in itself. Um, but Lord Harries was arguing that one of the characteristics of fundamentalism is that you always attack the weakest arguments from the opposition and you ignore the strong ones. And I heard that and I thought, I think Lord Harries just gave me permission to ask this question. So I, uh, I asked it and um, somebody um, basically took a clip from the, the whole event was officially recorded and uploaded but this person isolated this clip of me asking Dawkins this question um, and to date it's had about 300,000 views so having got interested in this stuff partly by watching YouTube I then ended up basically getting drawn into being on YouTube myself so um, here it is this is me in 2009 um asking Dawkins to his face about why does he keep refusing William Lane Craig? Professor Dawkins, you are arguably the world's leading apologist for atheism, and you have been invited on several occasions by arguably the world's leading Christian academic apologist, Dr. William Lane Craig, to engage in debate. I would like to know why this is not an example of the new atheist doing what Lord Harry's has described as avoiding the strongest possible arguments from the opposition. Okay, thank uh, you. Thank, that's a very straight question. Over here now. I have always said when invited to do debates that I will be happy to debate a bishop, a cardinal, a pope, an archbishop. Indeed, I have done both. Um, but that I don't take on creationists and I don't take on people whose only claim to fame is that they are professional debaters. They've got to have something more than that. I'm busy. I appreciate that you still got exactly the same facial hair back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some things don't change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. so what, what was your reaction? Because that is quite a response from Richard Dawkins there, isn't it? Did that um, satisfy you or did that kind of make you think, gosh? Well, put it this way, I wasn't one of the people that was clapping. Um, because, well, for a start, he basically repeated 
the excuses that he'd given a, a few years um, or a couple of years before. Um, you know that um, I, you know, I, 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 you know, bishops and cardinals, I, I will debate. Um, now, and now he sort of implied that William Lane Craig was a creationist, um, but that doesn't describe William Lane Craig at all. Um, he, William Lane Craig, doesn't have any beef with. Um, Christianity versus evolution. He doesn't try to knock evolution down or anything like that. Um, he, he believes that the universe is 13.7 billion years old. So he's not, he doesn't do young earth or anything like that. And indeed, you know, the Kalam cosmological argument of William Lane Craig's that incorporates big bang cosmology data. So clearly he, you know, he, he's, he's appealing to mainstream science here. But then as for dismissing him as a professional debater, I just thought that was completely out of order because William Lane Craig is not a professional debater. He is a professional philosopher, um, you know, in the similar way that, you know, um, A.C. Grayling, for example, was sat next to Dawkins there on the panel. And he is a professional philosopher and an atheist. Um, and William Lane Craig really isn't that different because, um, you know, he 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 is he has been publishing, you know, in the academy on these issues and the atheist philosopher Quentin Smith um, in, I think it's the, the Cambridge Companion to Atheism, has described um, William Lane Craig as essentially that um, William Lane Craig's Kalam cosmological argument for the existence of God is essentially the most studied argument um, in the philosophy of religion journals. It, it, it is the most engaged with. And that I would have thought that would be reason alone that Dawkins ought to engage with Craig. But again, there was just this very dismissive attitude and I, and it just it was disappointing and intriguing as well what why is dawkins so he just looks like he's running away from the very thing that he's told me through his book to go and look for well and this was quite a turning point for you personally wasn't it because obviously lots of people picked up on this clip our, our very own Justin Briley picked up on this clip, played it on one of his shows, and I think assumed that you were a Christian, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. I, I was listening to Unbelievable at the time. I, I was kind of devouring it and the, the podcast as the episodes were coming out. And he did an episode about that very um, debate. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he included some clips, including clips from the Q&A he thought were interesting. And yeah, he included my one because he thought, this is a really interesting question from this gentleman who I'm assuming was a Christian. And so, I, so part of me is thinking, oh, good grief! Is that what people are thinking about me now? Uh, but um, <laughs> so, um, but I did. I got in touch with Justin and and got introduced to him that way by actually saying, you know, hey, thanks for featuring me on your podcast. But um, actually, it turns out I'm I'm not a Christian, but I'm wondering if I might be on the road to becoming one, um, because it it just seemed as though gradually the arguments and the evidence for Christianity they just seemed to be more and more compelling. And I was running out of objections, actually. So that shift was happening, and I expressed as much to Justin when I first made contact. You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. 
some ways, that interaction with Richard Dawkins, which then led to meeting Justin Brawley, then led to you going on the tour with William Lane Craig that Justin was helping to organise. Would you say a little bit about that? Because you, you got to meet William Lane Craig and, and be involved in kind of publicising this tour of a Christian apologist when you weren't even necessarily a Christian yourself at the time. That's right. Well, this shifting was happening. It's so funny. Dawkins defines faith as meaning believing something without evidence. But by that point, 2009, 2010, I had plenty of evidence and good reasons to become a Christian, but I hadn't become one. So it's sort of the opposite. I had the evidence, but I was holding back from it. Um, but I was very clear that I was dissatisfied with the new atheists. And I had reached the conclusion that I just don't think atheism actually is a very viable option. I think Christianity looks like it's actually winning out on this. So, but, and so I, my, my disappointment was there with Dawkins thinking kind of, you know, I'd invested a lot in Dawkins, you know, even in sort of his approaches and his worldview. And then I'm just sort of thinking, gee, you're not living up to this. But with as far as William Lane Craig was concerned, um, so he had done a tour in 2007 of the UK, which they invited Dawkins to engage with him with, and he refused. Um, they invited him back for two, in 2011 um, for a speaking and debating tour of the UK, uh, get William Lane Craig back over to the UK. Um, and so they they were lining up a great sort of lineup of lectures and debates with really interesting people. Um, and of course, invitations were sent to Richard Dawkins because they arranged that William Lane Craig would at this time would go straight to Oxford and give a lecture critiquing the God delusion, um, basically going through all of Dawkins objections to the arguments for God's existence, including that complexity objection um, that. Craig would basically go there and give his critique of the God delusion. And so they invited Dawkins and they said, look, this is an opportunity in your hometown of Oxford to debate William Lane Craig and to defend the God delusion and to have that interaction. And of course, again, um, Dawkins just kept refusing and he was saying all sorts of other stuff about how, you know, oh, Craig is just trying to self-promote. Um, Dawkins was even claiming to have been there and done that and debated William Lane Craig already because what had happened in 2010 there was an unexpected um occurrence where there was a debate in Mexico about does the universe have a purpose um and William it, it was a panel of it was a six person panel debate three three versus three and unexpectedly without either of them knowing it William Lane Craig and Richard Dawkins actually ended up in that uh, in that exchange um and Dawkins as William Lane Craig um tells it it gave um uh William Lane Craig a very frosty reception he basically said you know I don't consider this to be a debate with you um and basically walked off when William Lane Craig was trying to introduce himself to him in the hotel lobby now that's the way uh, William Lane Craig tells it but basically so in that event they had a little bit of an exchange but it really only amounted to a total of about maybe two minutes tops so so they had shared a stage um unexpectedly but they had not gone into the God delusion. They'd not got in, gone into any of that substance. Um, and some of us were hoping, therefore, that that might mean that Dawkins would be open to doing more with William Lane Craig this time. Um, but no, he was just saying, no, 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 I've, you know, I've, you know, done that in Mexico, not interested. He's a self-promoter. And then basically he was also just writing ad hominem insults on his forum as well, just insulting William Lane Craig personally. 
So anyway, to cut the long story short, I ended up getting involved in supporting that tour and helping to promote it. Um, I was feeling really restless as well. So I was actually making YouTube videos, uh, actually trying to sort of... It, to sort of off my own back, just sort of promote the tour and stir things up a bit and raise the question. And, um, you know, I made a, vi a, a video called William Lane Craig, Richard Dawkins and the um, Empty Chair, you know, that raising the question of will Dawkins um, actually attend? Um, so basically they invited Dawkins and he refused. Um, and so when it came to that evening in the Reasonable Faith tour, William Lane Craig just gave a lecture responding to uh, the God Delusion um, and there were some other academics um, there, some skeptics who came along and interacted with him. And it was chaired by atheist professor Peter Milliken, who actually debated William Lane Craig a couple of evenings before that. Um, but the thing that was actually most amusing was, um, you remember that I think back in 2009, the British Humanist Association had, um, they put banners on buses, um, sort of saying, there's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy your life. Well, because Dawkins was refusing to debate William Lane Craig, we turned that upside down and we basically had um, we had um, bus posters on Oxford buses going around at the time of the tour saying there's probably no Dawkins. Now stop worrying and enjoy October 25th at the Sheldonian Theatre. So there's probably no Dawkins in that he's probably not going to show up. And that just got the attention of the local BBC news media. And so it, it was a great time. It, it was a whale of a time. And yeah, I, I was able to meet William Lane Craig and, and get really involved with all of that stuff. Well, I'm desperate to hear what happened next, PB. But I also just wanted to, to go back to sort of the beginning of what you were saying, where you were saying you had all this evidence, but you, you, something was holding you back. I mean, are you able, do you think, to articulate what it was that was holding you back from believing in God, given that you had all the evidence in front of you? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there's a part of you that can always try and poke more holes and try and go, well, yeah, what about that? What about that? And just try and see if you can, you know, push against it more. But I think by that point, I think the genuine intellectual objections the worst of them, I think, had actually been dealt with by people like William Lane Craig and other apologists as well. Um, but also, um, I was in a different lifestyle. I was in, frankly, I'm, I'm probably not unusual in this regard. I'd gotten myself into a very sort of short-sighted, very kind of hedonistic sort of graduate, postgraduate lifestyle and just um, the way that the direction of my life was going there was kind of all over the place. And I didn't like the idea that I would have to sort of stop and start again. Um, so I had emotional, personal reasons as well for holding back. And it goes back to that thing about what made atheism so attractive earlier on um, at the beginning, which is there is an attractiveness to um, not wanting there to be a cosmic authority, um, to wanting to just kind of do things your own way and not be challenged by that. Um, and I think really it, it's always a mixture. Uh, it, it's neither just one or the other. There, there are intellectual reasons, but there are deeply personal reasons too. And I think that around that time, I was holding back more for personal reasons. Now, what I think is absolutely fascinating for someone that's clearly so um, interested in apologetics, and that was very much the kind of start of your journey towards new atheism and, and then away from new atheism. But in the end, it wasn't actually an apologetic argument that pushed you over the edge towards Christianity, towards making that commitment, was it? It wasn't even an apologist who did it. Yeah. It, was, it was, well, you can... Explain. <laughs> it, it was an apologist's wife. Um, 
so yeah it was no it, it was an accumulation um uh, of of a number of things including the arguments i think people like william lane craig had built me up over several years to have robust reasons for christianity but when i met william lane craig um when he came to the uk to do the tour um I also met his wife Jan, and she was great because you know she she was um, she, she sort of said you know, you know <laughs> thank you for all the help you've been doing as well to try and help the tour. Um, but I was sat next to her um, at the first um, uh, debate that William Lane Craig was doing in Westminster Central Hall, and she was keen to know what where I was at, what was going on in, with me, you know, where am I faith wise? And I'd said to her that look, this stuff looks really compelling, but I'm not there yet. I've not stepped out yet, really sort of holding back um and she, and she one of the things she actually said was that well look peter doing this becoming a christian involves giving everything to jesus everything um you can't really just put one foot in and keep the other out um you'd almost in a odd sort of way in a funny way be better off if you stayed an atheist you, you've got to throw yourself in because it is all about giving everything to jesus so if you can't do that don't do it and that was that was a real stone in my shoe because I'm I'm used to Christians just pestering people to try and convert as soon as possible. But she actually went, no, no, no. If if you can't do what's actually required here, don't do it. Um, you know, and 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 I had chats with Justin Briley as well. He did say, you know, it's worth it. It does involve making some sacrifices, but it 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 really is worth it. Um, and so really, um, I had to chew that over. Um, and that really was what made me realise that. This is why Dawkins is so wrong about faith. Um, it, it's not believing without evidence. It's trusting what the evidence shows you. So you can have all the evidence in front of you, but you still need to make a choice about, am I going to actually step out and trust it with something that really matters um, personally, you know, with really where the stakes are really high, or am I going to keep it at arm's length? You've still got to make a judgment call about I am going to commit to this. But you commit because you've got good evidence for it. You don't just blindly jump in there with no reason whatsoever. And so really, um, it got to the point during the tour where I was really just realizing, you know what, I am a Christian. It's happened. I've morphed into one. I've become one. I need to admit it. I need to just get on with it. <laughs> and I mean, although it wasn't a Christian apologetic argument that sort of, I guess, ultimately pushed you over that line, it was wonderful Jan Lane Craig. Yeah. Why, why do you think Christian apologetics is important? Because it clearly was such an important part of your own journey. Well, I think it's it's taking people seriously um, because people will have genuine doubts. Um, you know, there will be things that are perplexing or they will have assumptions that need challenging that they've never had challenged before. Um, and even if actually there are some slightly insincere objections as well, because we're all a mixture, um, well, you've still got to engage with those. Um, and that way, it's a way of showing that you're not scared of being challenged and you're not scared of the very thing that Dawkins was rightly saying, which is you've got to pursue truth and you've got to go where evidence and reason is is showing you. Um it just means that basically, if this stuff is true, then you shouldn't be afraid of any questions or any challenges. You should embrace it and be able to um, commend it and give reasons and defend it with people 
And that's partly an intellectual exercise or an academic exercise. You know, there are people that have really good challenging questions, but also relationally, I think at its best, it means you have a basis for having good conversations and building relationships with people because you don't need to be afraid of the questions. It's an opportunity to... um for it to go both ways. It's an opportunity for them to get to know Christ and Christianity more, but you get to know them more as well at the same time. You can just jump into the questions. And do you think that arguments alone can convince people of the truth of Christianity? Hmm. Well, this is where you get into really the, the whole theology about, you know, the people will say that, you know, ultimately it's really, it's God and the Holy Spirit that ultimately make the big, that make the big change here. And there are there are all sorts of perspectives on that about exactly how that happens. Um, but you know, what, whatever view you take on that, you know, about you know how sort of directly God sort of makes somebody convert or not. Either way, um, the role of argument is important because it's one of the many ways in which you engage with people, and one of the ways in which you honor God and honor people because you will need to have discussions where you do need to go through arguments or. Tre or, or you know evidence or even just trains of thought you know um basically put it this way if somebody says you can't argue somebody into the kingdom well you could say well technically that's true but you could also say well you can't love people into it you can't preach people into it you can't fill in the blank people into it um these are all things that are important and worth doing even if you know god you know in his divine providence um is behind the process it's um it's not a false dichotomy uh, it's it's both of these things thank you for listening to unapologetic i'm ruth jackson and as always you can find out more about our guests through the links with today's show we would love to hear your feedback do drop us an email with your thoughts at unbelievable at premier.org.uk or get in touch via social media and don't forget, there are more shows, articles and resources at our website, premierunbelievable.com. You can also register there for the chance to win a free book. That's premierunbelievable.com. And if you enjoy listening to Unapologetic, please do consider rating and reviewing it. Thank you for listening and see you next time. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.